Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Psalm chapter 25, verses 1 through 6. This is an interesting psalm because it has two distinct characters. It's one of the first psalms we find in the Bible that is an acrostic with the Hebrew alphabet. So the entire psalm is set up to be an acrostic that matches up with each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. The other part about this psalm that makes it different is it's the second penitential psalm that we find in the Psalter. Now the Psalter is is a really large collection of the thoughts and prayers of God's people throughout a very long history. Some psalms go all the way back to Moses we find others that go into the time of the exile. This is a, a large segment of the history of God dealing with Israel. And you can see the heart of his people. In this particular psalm, David the king writes this at a time where he is really struggling. Many believe this is when his son Absalom has rebelled against his father. And this is heartbreaking because there's a lot of things in David's life I believe that maybe he feels guilty for. In verse 7, you're going to see him talk about uh, that he wants God to forgive him for the sins of his youth. How many of us could say that? Could say, Lord, please forgive us of the things that we've done in our past that we grapple with sometimes. Maybe late at night when things get quiet and your mind finally quiets down, you think back to those things you've done that you're ashamed of. And David probably has a lot of things he feels guilty about. He's probably not been the best father at times. And because of some of the lack of his leadership, you can see that his family in some ways has disintegrated. So he has a son, Absalom, who is trying to take the kingdom away from his father. This is a really sad episode. So we have this penitential song that that David is singing, uh, that he's writing here, and you get the heart of David. But much can be learned from this psalm. And as I mentioned before, I, I would encourage you to make the psalms part of your prayer life part of your devotional life. There are some wonderful psalms. Psalm 95 uh, is a great psalm to make part of your prayer life. If you're dealing with sin that you need to confess, Psalm 51 is a great psalm to sing and, and meditate and pray through as you're working through asking for forgiveness for something that you've done. So the, the psalms really just bear out the heart of God's people. And so I encourage you, there's this one today is another one that it's going to sound very familiar to you that you've heard before. Uh, I would say go back and listen to the King James Version or read the King James Version. Uh, the first two verses of this psalm is going to sound very familiar to you. A lot of praise and worship songs uh, for when you were, you were a child. If you went to church camp, uh, there are some church camps that, that employ the King James Version of this psalm. So you're going to hear some words and phrases that sound very familiar to you possibly if you grew up going to church camp and singing these devotional top songs. But let's get to our psalm. We're going to read the first six verses of Psalm 25 and then talk about just some basic applications for us living today in the 21st century. This is the English Standard Version. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord. 
and your steadfast love, for they have been from old. So notice three things in this psalm. First of all, David has had to separate himself from a group of people. There are enemies that are against David, and these are are mortal enemies, possibly, but also ideological enemies that somehow if, if David is vindicated, the cause of God is also vindicated. Now, you may say, I think this sounds narcissistic, that David somehow is being uh, cocky in some way in his attitude or cavalier, but that would be corrected, corrected really quick as you read through the psalm. The path that David wants, and this is the second thing I want you to notice, the path that David wants is God's path. He is seeking God on God's terms, not David's terms. So many times we'll, we'll pray uh, to God, uh, many times wanting guidance, and we want it to be something easy to take. We want God to, to sugar it for us at times. Uh, we want God to be in our image, to say the things we want him to say. And a lot of times we don't come to his word and allow it to challenge us and to change us. David was not that kind of guy. God wants to know God's ways. He wants God to teach him. And that is an attitude we need to have. We need to come to God's word and say, Lord, I want it your way, not my way. I come under submission to you. I believe in objective truth. You know, the world today in postmodernity would say there is no such thing as truth. I would call this the, the age of great uncertainty. And it's it's got its consequences as you look across the landscape culturally in this country right now. We're just not real sure about anything. We don't want to feel good about anything. Uh, all traditions and things that we've hold near and dear as, as people are, are really on the table and being scrutinized. And David is saying there is one thing that is for sure. There's one thing you can hang your hat on, and that is the truth of God. And that gives me great comfort. But there's a third thing I want you to notice in this psalm, and that is the love of God. God is loving and merciful. We probably don't focus on that enough. We probably do not stop and think of God as being a loving and merciful God. But but David says, God, you've been like that since ancient times. I would go so far to say since forever. God has always been a God of love. Uh, Ben Witherington, who is a a really good Bible scholar, says there's three nouns used to describe God. And they're easy to remember because they all start with the letter L. Life, light, and love. A lot of times we focus on the adjectives that are used to describe God. Uh, We'll focus on his sovereignty, which that's important. I'm not saying God's sovereignty is not important. We'll focus on his sovereignty and his righteousness and, and those phrases. But we neglect the one thing that we see over and over again in the Bible, and that is the love of God. God is loving. God is going to forgive David. God is going to, to be with him through this trial. And David is reminded of that and, and takes comfort in God's love. So three things we see today in this, this short reading. Sometimes you're going to have to take a stand. And there'll be people against you because you take that stand. And it's not going to be popular. You're going to have enemies in this world. I'm not saying go out and seek enemies. That's not what we're called to do. Christians are not called to be jerks. That's not our calling. But just by following God and his way, people will be against you because of that. Realize that all truth, that the true things about this world come from God. You could also say with St. Augustine, what he said many years ago, 
All truth comes from God. So anytime you see truth in the world, that, that's God's truth. And the third thing to realize is God is love. He loves you. He wants what's best for us. He is merciful. And he's our loving father. And sometimes when, when there's love there, uh, sin is called out because God wants us on the right path, his path. So I hope this has helped you today. Uh, I want to go back and read one more time as we kind of walk through these main points in the background material. Let's read this passage again and see if you pick up some new things from the second reading. Psalm 25, 1 through 6. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I'll wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from old. And Lord, we just give thanks for that today. We give thanks for your love, for your mercy, for your truth. And Father, just be with us through this day. And I, I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope to see you back again tomorrow morning as we continue our readings this week. God bless.